I'm Brett Chang. I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your peak daily for TGIF, July 7th, 2023, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Okay, so Jay, Taylor Swift added 14 dates to her Eras tour earlier this week, and still no concerts are coming to Canada. If you, like us, you've been lying awake at night wondering why T-Swift decided to snub her Northern fans, so I've got some theories that I wanted to share, Jay. So one, there's a theory that our stadiums just aren't big enough. Canada's largest venue has a capacity of 56,000 people, smaller than the average 70,000 person venue in the US. Two, our dollar is too weak. The Euro, Pound, and USD are all performing much better than the lowly Canadian. It might simply not be viable to bring her elaborate show here. And the last reason is that she just hates Canada. Do you have any theories for yourself, Jay? Uh, so you just proposed three theories. Number one and two could be offset by higher ticket prices, which I don't think she's scared to do. People will pay whatever they need to to go see Taylor Swift. I don't think she hates Canada, but it's really the only viable thing I can think about right now. I don't know why she hasn't done it. Yeah, I think actually the stadium explanation makes the most sense, which is you have to have certain scale in order to justify bringing the show and the elaborate nature of it. So moving everything up, like you have to sell a certain number of tickets to do so. I understand the pricing, but I don't know. I think she might feel bad about gouging prices for Canadian fans as well. So there's a bit of a catch 22 there. I don't think she would. And there are other people that play huge shows. Beyonce is in town, right? Ed Sheeran. Yeah, it's weird. I don't have an explanation. Those are people that have that want to fill those stadiums, play the same stadiums, have just as elaborate shows. I don't know. But I will also say there are lots of shows. And, you know, I've been somewhat on the road this summer seeing shows. There are lots of shows that generally come to Toronto this summer that are not coming. So yeah. I don't know what it is. Weird. And I wonder, I don't know what it is, but I hope maybe she'll end her tour here with an announcement of only in Canada shows, only open to Canadians like they did for hockey in Florida, yeah. where we can limit it to Canadians buying tickets. But I'm sure she can make plenty of money for her Canadian fans in Vancouver, in Calgary, in Edmonton, in Montreal, and in Toronto as well. So I don't know. There doesn't appear to be a good reason, but I guess we'll wait and see. Yeah, we'll find out. But we've got a good episode for you today besides the Taylor Swift theories about why she's not playing in Canada. What's <laughs> I'm there, pretty dejected, many. though. Pretty, pretty yeah, dejected. It's sad. It's sad. But look, to cheer you up, we got a great episode for you today. For our first story, Stellantis stalemate comes to a close. For our second story, Threads takes off. And for our last story, Emoji Lock. Yeah, even though Taylor Swift isn't coming, Stellantis actually still is. So getting ahead in the green transition doesn't come cheap. Just ask the government, how much is this going to cost us, Brett? It's going to cost us a lot, Jay. The federal and Ontario governments convinced automaker Stellantis and electronics company LG to resume the construction of their next star electric vehicle EV battery factory in Windsor. All it took was promising up to $15 billion in subsidies. Maybe that's what it would take to get Taylor Swift here as well. Yeah, some subsidies. Yeah. <laughs> The subsidies will be doled out based on battery production over a 10-year period, with the feds picking up two-thirds of the tab and the province covering the rest. Now, to catch up, Stellantis and LG had agreed to build the plant last year for a more modest $1 billion worth of tax breaks. But that was before the U.S. had rolled out its Inflation Reduction Act, offering ludicrous incentives for basically every stage of battery production. In May, Stellantis said the deal was off unless Canada and Ontario forked over more dough. Now, the IRA, the Inflation Reduction Act, was such a driving factor that Stellantis's new deal is conditional on its continued existence, her Ontario Minister of Economic Development, Victor Fideli. Stellantis also reportedly was not happy that rival automaker Volkswagen received way more in subsidies, $13 billion to be exact, for its EV battery plant in St. Thomas. 
And this matters because with up to $28 billion in taxpayer-funded incentives between these two deals, the price tag for luring clean energy investments into Canada is rising fast, and big companies have gotten to the point where they're basically able to name their price. The IMF recently warned Canada's green investment strategy might not be financially sustainable, creating a race to the bottom for corporate subsidies. Yes, but the plant will mark a major step in Canada's ongoing quest to become an EV superpower, producing 45 gigawatt hours of battery capacity annually. For context, that's enough energy to power nearly 34 million homes. It will also create 2,500 good jobs. For our second story, Meta's new Twitter competitor, Threads, debuted yesterday. And guess what? It's a hit. You can follow me, Pete Pals, at Brett Chang, one word. But how much of a success was the Threads rollout, Jay? Well, as long as we're promoting our own threads, you can find me at Jay Rosenthal, all one word together there as well. But after launching to almost 2 billion users in over 100 countries, the highly anticipated microblogging app has seen more than 30 million signups. In fact, it's been so successful that Twitter has already threatened to sue Meta over the app, this according to Semaphore. Now, days ago, we wrote about how Meta basically plans to sweep Twitter and all of its existing competitors by linking Instagram profiles and their followers to the app. And it's sticky. If you decide broadcasting your thoughts into the void isn't your thing, you can only delete the app if you also get rid of the linked Instagram account. Now, of the competitors that have entered the chat since Elon Musk took over Twitter last October, Mastodon, Blue Sky, and even Truth Social, Meta is the biggest threat the social media platform has seen to date, garnering unfathomable levels of reception. And you know the threat is real when Twitter lawyers start sending notes alleging that Meta is unlawfully misappropriating their trade secrets and other intellectual property. And here's the bottom line. Like you, we'll be kicking around to see how all of this shakes out. But if you're looking for someone new to follow in the meantime, and you've already followed Jay and myself, we suggest finding us at at ReadThePeak. For our third story, a Saskatchewan court ruled that a thumbs up emoji can be valid for confirmation of a contractual agreement after finding a farmer liable for breach of contract. So here's what happened. The case involved a grain buyer looking to purchase flax and a farmer who responded to his request. The buyer texted the farmer a prospective contract asking him to confirm it. The farmer replied with a thumbs up emoji, but never shipped the grains. The farmer argued that the emoji was merely a confirmation that he received the text, but the court said, <laughs> this is going to be easier when you read it in the newsletter, to the defense. <laughs> basically, just no, Jay. You can just say it's hard to describe the emoji. It's, yeah. it's hard to describe the emoji, but whatever the equivalent of a middle finger is, to that defense, and he was ordered to pay $82,200. Presiding judge, Justice Timothy Keene searched far and wide to get a precise definition of the thumbs up emoji, looking everywhere from court cases in Israel to dictionary.com before coming to the conclusion that essentially it means yes. <laughs> It matters because the ruling sets a precedent in Canada for using emojis as signatures and as an acknowledgement of how ingrained those silly little symbols are in modern communication. Justice Keene said, this court cannot nor should it attempt to stem the tide of technology and the common usage. This appears to be the new reality in Canadian society, and courts will have to be ready to meet the new challenges that may arise from it. So the bottom line is this, take this as a reminder to be careful with the emojis you send, as it could cost you. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to business news podcast in Canada. If you got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. Thank you, Brett, and have a good weekend, Peak Pals. And Taylor, please come to Canada. Mm-hmm.